0: Hey everybody. It's Ian King, athlete, advocate, coach, educator and founder of King Sports International. We have with us for a chat Tom Leggett from Los Angeles, California, USA. Uh, Tom's a high-level coach and he's had some recent breakthroughs in the coaching program, which I want to talk about. And before we get into his recent um, elevation within the program, where ultimately he's on the final stretch, Uh, before we get into that, let's dig a little bit deeper. So, Tom I know you're in L.A. now, but it wasn't always L.A. as home.
1: Yeah, I grew up in Pennsylvania outside uh, Philadelphia. My family's from the Lehigh Valley. Not sure if you would. You might know it because you've traveled quite a bit. um, But basically the Philadelphia region.
0: So what's a boy from Philly doing in um, the City of Angels?
1: I just... Yeah, I can't really explain it, but I've always felt like I was supposed to leave, and uh, didn't want didn't want to be like all the people that stayed in my hometown. It was really boring to me, and and uh, I knew at a young age that I was going to go to California. Again, I don't really know why, but uh, just it's funny how that life pans out that way. And as I've learned uh, in KSI, doing personal development and visualizing things, I, I think that uh, I've been on this path for a long time.
0: Well, hopefully you've had more success in in the City of Angels and the character out of the Kid Rock story of a similar name.
1: What story is that?
0: Oh, well, it's probably not appropriate for the, for the age group of our, here, but I, I, I shouldn't sing it to you, but there's a Kid Rock song that. I think yep, I know uh,
1: when he's talking about. Uh, yeah, I think I know the one. I'll. Uh, well, a lot of his songs are probably <laughs> a little more like that.
0: He basically says he'd rather be back in a, a mountaintop with a preacher with a gun in one hand and a Bible in the other, something to that effect. But he talks about um, the pitfalls of Los Angeles. But anyway, so you went to um, you went to college back in in um, your home state.
1: Yeah, I went to Temple University. I don't know if you know that one or not. Um, I studied anthropology and, and film because I did not want to go into business at the time. I really didn't want to go to a cubicle every day and wear a suit. It still feels weird to wear a suit. Uh, so anthropology, actually, I took the class by accident on for a, a general, we had to take like some random classes to fulfill requirements. And I just loved it. I was, I couldn't imagine why I'd never heard this stuff before about evolution and all the other stuff. So I majored in it, but then what are you going to do with an anthropology degree? <laughs> Funny enough, <laughs> when I was a senior, they suggested physical therapy or something like that. So I, I actually tell people that what I do is kind of a, another version of anthropology that isn't officially a classification of it so you graduated
0: with a degree in
1: Uh, it's uh like a liberal arts degree but i had a i had a double major so film and anthropology yeah
0: Yeah, excellent and so when did you make the move to the you know move west when did you join the the long trail of explorers and pioneers um Moving from the east to the west.
1: So I'm, I've always been be- very willing to uh, jump on opportunity. I was on a plane the very next morning after graduation, and I was on. At, at, I had an internship for two months, and then I, while I was here, I signed a lease, went home, got my stuff, and drove across the country with my friend. So you came down
0: and got some work in LA. What was the, What was the nature of the work?
1: Uh, I was so. My first job was a bar back, just working at a bar at a restaurant. And then uh when I my first some a couple of jobs in the entertainment industry were like temp jobs until I got an assistant job for a really small uh talent management company who shared an office with Renee Zellweger's manager at the time. And then I eventually ended up going to work for him.
0: So you you got uh you know people love to hear the names dropping and in fact, it was actually, Kid Rock talked about it. He said uh, people who don't names drop, um, but nevertheless, our neighbours have name, known names drop. He was referring to Los Angeles, but let's be Los Angeles-like, and so you got exposed to the, the Hollywood scene, and you got exposed to you know managers and and um, some movie stars.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, he represented a lot of A-listers, and he was. Um, I don't know if anyone or you would even be familiar with the movie Swimming with Sharks" in the '90s. Most people aren't, it's very much like Devil Wears Prada for the film industry. And it was like exactly what my job was, pretty close to it. And I watched it when I was working for him and it was so comical to me because I was like, this happens to me every day. It was actually based after a famous producer, Joel Silver, who's notorious for being hard on his assistants. It's kind of a Hollywood thing. It's like being hazed, I guess. There's so many people that want to get into it that they take advantage of that. I don't know if they still do, but I would imagine they do.
0: So, did you see yourself as a long term
1: uh, future in that industry? No, after a couple of years, it, 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 there was a number of reasons, but the main one was I didn't like the person I was becoming, and I didn't like the people I was around. So when I was looking at them, you know, I was in my twenties, early twenties, and they were crazy. I thought. And just, they lied to everybody, including their friends. They were manipulative. Um, And then I noticed that I was getting, like, turning into that a little bit. I was becoming kind of high strung. And I'd be, like, irritated with people at the grocery store or in simple things in life. And I was like, what's going on? And um, I just wanted to be outside, too. You're in L.A., you know? So I'd be in an office, and I'm looking outside. It's sunny here most of the time. And um, I played sports growing up, and I loved being in the gym. And I just wanted to do that instead. So that was when I was—I decided to give training a try as a profession instead. And and uh, now you guys know the the rest is history.
0: Well, we, we all know that Los Angeles is somewhat of a hotbed for the um, for the training industry, the physical training industry. So, you now what what were your first influences, and what were your first uh, job descriptions and that sort of thing? Where, where did where all start?
1: well my first influences were way back before i even moved to la so like muscle and fitness magazine and like arnold schwarzenegger so my i was a i played soccer and baseball and i was i was always fast and i could run but i was kind of like skinny and i wanted to put on muscle i you know i wanted to attract girls too so um my my best friend and i around my when I was maybe 17 or 18, we started uh, lifting in my, in my, gar- not my garage, but my basement with my dad's like weight set, you know, and uh, cause he was a football player. So he had a lot of that stuff. And uh, we, I just started reading those magazines, like as much as I could, I'd go, I'd go to the store and every time a new one came out I'd read the programs, try it out. And I got the, uh, the Arnold encyclopedia back then. And I was reading about that. And then um, when I got to LA, my probably my net my next major influence is other than you know reading stuff online was just getting doing an official certification, if you will. And then, um, as I got to know lots of other people that were trainers and stuff like that, I've you know, of course, found out about people that are were trendy or popular. Um, but oh, and,
0: what you, what year did you come down to Los Angeles? 2003. So post two thousand, baby, so internet had happened. So you could get as you could get as confused as the rest of the world off the internet.
1: Yeah, the internet was uh, becoming a thing when I was like in you know, um, it would it wouldn't be quite high school, like a little before high school, probably when I was like fifteen yeah. ish. So I didn't even get a cell phone until I was eighteen. So it was right around that transition when AOL was becoming popular and stuff.
0: So you're you're on the the start so. Um, in the late '90s, early 2000s. So your first job in the in the physical industry.
1: I got a job as a trainer at LA Fitness right after and I got certified. certified. <laughs> so you got certified, you're you're allowed to work. And
0: then what did you think of that that sort of work? What 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 was you, your thoughts around? Had you found nirvana?
1: I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do with these people? I was like, how do I just passed this test? I don't freaking know what to do with them. And uh, they sold half hour sessions and the guy that the manager was, you know, he was just like a really buffed dude. And he basically said, just work him out really hard. Like that was the goal. They, they would sell people, They whoever did the sales would, would take some around and try to make them throw up or something. So they would feel <laughs> really out of shape, you know, and then want to buy training and, and, uh, you know, you had 30 minutes too. So it was kind of like, they just wanted you to just do circuits and just beat them up really fast. And and that was it. And I, I wouldn't say that I really relied on anything I learned in certifications. I just kind of did what I had done and had worked with for me. And, um, it, it, it was okay for, for that gym. Cause it, it, it didn't pay a lot. And I'm sure the client clients didn't pay a whole lot either, you know, so
0: So what was your next transition after um, getting people to bath within 30 minutes?
1: Yeah, so, well, I was still working in entertainment then. So I was training in the mornings from five to nine. And then I would go to the office from 10 to seven in the entertainment industry. And I did that for like a year. And then I got hired at Equinox, which is a more upscale personal training gym where you can act, you know, when I say actually make money I don't mean you make a lot of money but for a personal trainer you can actually make a living working there. <laughs> <laughs> Relative to what I had made too because another reason I left entertainment was working for that guy who made millions a year he paid me 20,000 a year to be his, to run his office. And it was really difficult to do anything in LA like that. So yeah, so I once I got hired at Equinox I quit the uh, LA Fitness and I and I quit entertainment and I went full time.
0: Went flat out. And so, how many years did you stay in the, in that sort of role?
1: I worked for for Equinox for just about uh, not quite three years, and I was um, I read I had reached the top of of their categorizations for everybody. They had like tier levels. And, and I was even teaching some of their, their, they had an in-house kind of like trading education program. And, um, a bunch of my friends were starting to take clients and like go out elsewhere. Cause you know, they would charge a certain fee and pay us like 40% of that. So it was pretty simple offer the client to pay a little bit less than what they pay. And I'm still getting paid double what I was getting paid. So I started doing that. And they were, then they found out and they started firing people. So I just took the initiative and left before that became. So, before, what, was,
0: what was your next step in your journey?
1: After that, I, um, for about a year, I just did private. And then um, myself and two other guys opened a gym. So, we. Uh, so, you achieved the pinnacle of the fitness industry. You opened your own
0: private training studio like the, the, the it's the you were living the dream then
1: yeah that's it I I thought uh, you know I wanted I wanted you know two things really I wanted a career that I liked and uh gave me the ability to help and have fun and like have time but I wanted to get make money so that I could do more things in life that I wanted to do so uh, the question if- is did opening up that private training facility to give you more time and more money It did give me more money, not a lot, um, but it didn't give me more time because then I had to, you know, you have to run it. And even though I had two business partners to share that with, it was pretty long days. It was, you know, go in at six in the morning and you don't leave till eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night. And, uh, you you know, my relationships suffered. uh, And I just felt like it was a very repetitive cycle. And it was during that time after a couple of years when I – joined ksi because i started to question whether i was there was a better path for me so uh, till
0: then you you know at least with the facility that the the dream being sold in the u.s centric industry was open up your own training facility and, and and hallelujah um it all come together so obviously from what i know it wasn't quite that simple and now uh, you're looking for a better way so you, you i remember you came to a seminar i think it was in um santa monica um,
1: yeah 2010 or something like that i came to the barbells and bullshit uh seminar was the first time that i met you or that i really got exposed to you and just to touch on the gym really quick too i remember we we you know everybody in the fitness loves to say in the industry loves to like say they are unique and different and i did i really started to be like are we really unique and different i mean Really? Because it seems like everybody's doing what we're doing and what's going on. So when I went to Barbells and Bullshit, it was just, uh, it was great. You're, I mean, obviously you're you and it blew me away. It was pretty impactful. There was a lot of cool things uh, that, that weekend and it just showed, you know, it was something I didn't know about which I think a lot of Americans sometimes don't know about because they only know what's in America. And then listening to you speak was the first seminar I went to where I really felt like you knew what you were talking about. Cause most seminars were just like, you go there, you sit, they, it's like a weekend thing. You do whatever they're going to teach you. And then bang, you're certified. <laughs> and this was uh, was a lot different.
0: So certainly um, by now you, you you know it's not a two day certification in our program. Uh, what 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 year did you step up into what we call the KSO coaching program? Two thousand fourteen.
1: Two thousand
0: fourteen. So a little bit of water on the bridge from that first exposure through to then.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was in it, which is as you you know you have the saying when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. I definitely wasn't ready when I first heard, when you, when you came for Barbaros and bullshit, I, I loved it, but it was like such a high level compared to what I had been exposed to. And, you know, also what I thought I was capable of and that kind of thing. Um. And then the, the next time that I heard about you coming to town, which wasn't the next time for you, but it was the next time that I heard about it was, was about, was in that, I think it was like March or April of 2014. And that's when, yeah, that's when I decided to start level one because there was no level zero back then.
0: And so, you, let's say you formally started in fourteen. What was your first camp, the physical camp?
1: First camp was Park City in two thousand fifteen. I went. I, I
0: remember. <laughs> I remember that. I'm sure you remember that.
1: Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. I I totally remember it. I wouldn't have qualified now, but yeah, that was intense. It was uh, such an experience. I I, I just knew, you know, it exposed me, which uh, I'm not, I don't know that I didn't think that was what was going to happen or I was, I definitely wanted to learn, but I, I had some things I needed to work on. It challenged me a lot and I knew I wanted to keep coming back though. I'll tell you that, but I was exhausted by the end. I'm sure that you guys had some fun times talking about it.
0: <laughs> well, we always have fun times in camp.
1: So there's been a few camps
0: since then though, hasn't there?
1: Yeah. I don't even know how many now. It, uh, well, Park City is, I think it's like eight or something like that. And it, uh, shoot, I don't even know. And then uh, high level camps, I've kind of lost track. I think I'm more than 15 at least.
0: And so some of the locations you've got to go and work in and work with athletes in, including the one that you pictured by.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cape Cod was – this is from Cape Cod. um, And that there was a lot of great experiences there too. That was my – so my first high-level camp was just me and John. And that was another – tested me a lot. (laughs) But I I learned a lot. I got to work with Coach Mike uh, Pimentel, And I'm really grateful for the time that I got to spend with him and in in the few camps that I got to go there because he was a really amazing person and amazing coach and big influence on me in in my early years in the program. And he he still is. I still think about things that him, the kind of coach he was and things that he talked to me about back then. Um, But yeah, Cape Cod was a really good one. And Of course, Park City is always fun, different kinds of athletes. And now we've done recently, we were in Reno, which was a phenomenal camp, one of my favorites. But I mean, that's kind of how they all are, because you get better every time. So the next camp, you're better than you were the last camp. And you get to like practice that stuff and get better again. So it's kind of like a never-ending, better camp each time. So
0: you reckon about twenty-three camps, like twenty-one camps in the last eight years.
1: However many you've had, because I've been to every one since I joined the high-level program. So
0: I've, I've lost count. So we're only guessing. <laughs> but what, what was your what was it about Reno? What was your highlight at Reno? Twenty-three.
1: Man. That's a good question. The whole camp had was full of really new experiences. The working with the quarterback was that was a speed session that you did that we got to be a part of um, was really unique. It was really sports specific and we hadn't ever done something like that in camp with uh, or I hadn't. Um, we did a pretty great session with an Olympic skier, which was really powerful um and then the basketball session with the high school girls was just like incredible because we did it we got to do a lot of aspects oftentimes in camps we get it, coaches might let us come in and do a little bit but to get to do kind of everything and spend a couple hours there was just so cool and it was on a reservation and so there was a lot of di- different dynamics i enjoyed that in the Shoot, we did the swim team that can't too. I mean, we had so many different sports. And and uh what well, I feel like I'm missing something too because we had so much. We uh, had
0: the, freestyle scare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Freestyle scare. We're out in motorbikes, uh, we're out with, with right. um off-road races.
1: Yeah, I really like that too. That it was just every day it was packed with that stuff. So that's just it was just incredible
0: so you've been in the in the program per se for eight years and that doesn't include obviously any prior exposure because um, you know i started publishing in 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 the internet in america through uh, 99 onwards so you may have had prior exposure but let's say eight years i mean if someone had said to you in eight years you'll almost be a graduate would you have started out i mean that's a good question
1: yeah, it's a really good question because I've thought I've <laughs> I've thought about it because uh, I think one of my strengths is I I do believe in myself most of the time. Um, there are some things I have to work on, but I I generally when I see opportunity, I want to go for it. And I think I I think I can achieve it. At be I can be one of the faster ones to do things. So when I I definitely didn't expect it to be as long as it was, but when I go back and I think of all the things I've had to do. For myself, what I mean is I've put a lot of effort into changing and learning and growing, and I still believe I would have done it. But it was not; it has not been the journey that I expected, and that it, I don't want that to come off. That's not a negative at all, uh, but it has been a whole nother world. So it's not unusual. Um, you know, we we basically expect a,
0: you know up, up around ten years. Uh, so, it's not an ordinary program. I mean, you could say I'm biased in my opinion about the program, but um, you've, you've been involved in formal education, informal education, industry industry education, high level education. You know, you, you can comment on how what we offer in the case of coaching program stacks up with what the rest of the world's doing.
1: I was talking to one of my uh, friends that I've known since college today, and he uh, he doesn't know a lot about the training industry and I was trying, kind of trying to give him some insights and, but it's just like, what we do is what we, the possibilities are, are, are endless. And I, and I just keep get, becoming more and more aware of that. And the stuff that people do get exposed to, because basically he was asking me like, Why well, how comes you don't want to go work for like a, like a college sports team or a pro sports team or something like that. And I was like, I don't think I would get hired. <laughs> and then I think I would get fired right away. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, what, what you, I want to be, I want to be clear when I say it, but I, I have a lot of thoughts around this stuff. What you have achieved, have done in your lifetime is, you know, inspirational and, and there's just so much to it. And There's so many possibilities. So what I was, I'm circling around a bit. I was driving today, and this is a good question. And I, this is, you would probably be happy that I say this. I said, I have no idea how to train. That's what I said to myself. (laughs) Because I was talking to some of my clients today, working on some things that um, we were just planning ahead, like having conversations, and there's some new challenges they were having. And as I just thought about it, I was like, I really don't know what to do. Like, I have a lot of, I have a lot of knowledge. But it is, there's so many choices and so many things that you could do. And this is why the client needs to be involved. Um, so it wasn't a knock that I don't know, know anything. It was that, and, and and when I first said it to myself, it, then it, then it clicked. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to train. <laughs> and I was like, this is a good thing. Well, we uh, spoke about that. I think in one of our weekly
0: calls, just the week before I said, my attitude is that I don't know um, the answers, but I, I I know how to find the answers and I'm gonna find them. They're gonna be really good answers.
1: Exactly. And uh yeah, so I had kind of had that epiphany that I'm capable of finding the answers and that I definitely don't know. I can't say that this is what you should or shouldn't do all the time, which is what a lot of people want to know. And
0: well, uh... it takes a takes a, a lot of courage to be honest with people, and not many people are gonna be honest because they're worried about protecting the ego to say, listen, you know, I don't know the answers, but you and I are going to work together on this. And we will find the answers, and we will we will achieve our goals. It's not difficult, and we got a track record of doing it. We just don't go into a situation pretending we know everything.
1: Yeah, and we so we just have so much potential. The KSI program can teach so people coaches to be able to do some pretty amazing things, and uh, it's I, I just it keeps on expanding. And I and I I heard that from coaches when I was earlier on earlier on and I don't think I really understood it but um yeah I've been really becoming aware of that more and more as I am becoming a better student I was watching some of the specialization DVDs the other day and I was like have I seen this before and I was like I know Mm -hmm. I've seen this before but I was like but I'm totally understanding this in a different way now when I watch it um so yeah I don't know for anyone that will listen to this if they're really gonna understand what I'm saying, but it's there's KSI is far and above just provides a level of uh service that there just isn't there anywhere else.
0: Well, you know, we say the athlete um well, the athlete comes first and it's uh, you know it's a play on words, but it's not just uh it's just not um uh, just not words, it is actually backed by action. So recently you you qualified. To enter the level nine program, so you are qualified up an upper level, and you're on in the final level because after this, you, you know you're you're heading towards graduation. So, how does it feel to achieve that level? It's pretty pretty significant from my perspective.
1: It feels um, different. <laughs> I'm proud of myself, and um, yeah. It feels pretty pretty weird, I guess. Like we hear clients say all the time, right? It's weird. It's different than I'm used to. Uh, so it's 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 even uh, get going up in the program has been about challenging myself to change to grow, you know. And sometimes that is di- more difficult than others. And then realizing that I have is uh, pretty awesome.
0: So as you, as you, you know firsthand, we, we, we're, there's more to more life than sets and wraps. And we teach more than sets and wraps. You know, we have a very holistic approach. We, we don't talk it. We actually do it. And uh, it's, it's, I don't think anybody can match what we're doing from a holistic perspective. So how, how do you see yourself um, when, you're, when you're connecting with your former colleagues or others in the industry uh, in terms of the path that you're on and the path that you're on now?
1: From a holistic perspective, how do I compare? How do I relate to them? Well, how
0: how do you relate to the difference in past? Because where you are now, Uh, you're in a different place, you know. And I'm not just talking about professionally; I'm talking about in all aspects that we we work on.
1: Well, I don't, I don't feel like I relate to anybody in the industry really anymore. I don't even like talking to them most of the time, and I don't mean that they're bad people, but I just struggle to really re- relate to the things that I used to care about as much. Um, yeah. Like so many other things in life are really important to me that aren't related to training. And, uh, you know, sometimes I don't even want to train myself because I, I want to pursue some of the things that I've only recently gotten into and that are not related to sets and reps. And and then I find that I've dedicated, you know, I, I meet people that have questions about uh, some of the personal development stuff. Like I can give them guidance on that because I've gone through it. And I'm so I look at life in a, in a way that uh, those guys don't, don't I can just tell when I talk to them, if, if I talk to them, I don't, it's not, I don't really speak to a lot of them as much as I used to, but uh, yeah. Uh, spiritually, personally, I just, I've learned a lot of new skills. I'm not not the same person anymore at all. And it's a good thing. What I'm
0: hearing, using the word loosely, is a, its it could be B for many people are, uh, are not really a career path from a financial perspective or a fulfillment perspective. So, what I've sought to do is give people who have a passion about physical preparation an opportunity to have the same quality of life as any professional might have um, you know, financially and uh, you know, lifestyle-wise. Um, you, you've really um, given yourself that opportunity, you know, I, I think, compared to where you were in terms of you, know, you have time to develop other passions and you have time to pursue other, other areas that do need or do deserve time and attention.
1: Yeah. I've discovered a lot of new interests uh, that side sides of my personality, I guess that wouldn't have known they were there or or maybe I would have been too afraid to do it. I don't know. That's a possibility too. And um, yeah, financially, I mean, I'm going to, I'm in a good, great position to really create financial freedom for myself and I've been, and I've been putting more time recently into studying this. And I was, th- I was just, I asked myself the question, like, what would I have done? Just, just, you know, I know I had the aspirations to do some of the things that I, like buying my house and that kind of thing, but how successful would I have been and what mistake I just was kind of reflecting on where I came from. And I definitely, the guidance that I've gotten in KSI has been tremendous and recent reflections and reading some books. I could see some patterns that that could potentially have brought me in, down a different path. If I had to follow them, just some, some family influences and things like that. Cause I've had the desire to create that financial freedom, but that was one of the things when I, that I liked about KSI's is that wasn't about sets and reps. I was really attracted to that cause I didn't know what to do in life. And I wanted to know, how to change those things and i pretty sure i think on my first interview that was one of the things i said like i just wanna i don't know what to do and um that was what i that's what i studied the most in the beginning and i probably do now still is the other stuff not as much the training and maybe that's why i see the video and i no, no, no. It's, that's not true. I, I see it differently because I've grown and I I look at it from a different perspective. But yeah, I was more attracted to the personal development in particular, and uh, uh, the great other things in life than sets and reps.
0: Well, we we believe in in the the value of competence. We we teach professional competence. We teach that at a level that I believe anyone else uh, can guide people to, and we teach that fairly quickly. But we, of course, we also Work on so many other areas that it makes the journey a bigger journey. Um, So I've got no, no, um, no comparison because we don't just limit it to sets. Moving forwards, uh, you're in a phenomenal position here. Keeping in mind the Los Angeles Olympics and you know your 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 location, you're in the you're in the shadows of future stadiums, and um, you know there'll be inevitable capital gain in your area uh, in the lead up into the Olympics, et cetera. Um, You know, it's pretty exciting what you've, where you've positioned yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited about that. And once again, though, what I've been able to learn and, and from just from being exposed to KSI is, is going to, is helping me to plan how I want to go about making this choices and future uh, investments and that kind of thing. And understanding a little bit more about what's happening in the world on a bigger bigger scheme. Um, and this
0: information, this study is going to be critical, especially as we enter the next uh, economic downturn. Uh, it's going to be very important. And, you know, you, you have that information. You have that skill set. And um, I'm sure you'll be compassionate towards others who find themselves surprised, um, you know, coming into those years.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm... I'm excited, um, and for anybody that that uh, you know wants to find out for themselves, it's the books are are there. It's just like in training, the information is out there. You just have to ask the right questions, and and uh, we'll see what happens with some of those other people that have chosen not to. Or, you know, uh, it's interesting too because I certainly don't look the part of someone who knows anything about financial decisions and uh we talk about this and maybe i don't want to but, you know you go to the store and there's a lot of us. people make assumptions about who they should follow and they shouldn't follow and whatever they're studying but finance is no different and it's not always the person with the flashy car and all of that that has that that knows what they're doing
0: <laughs> absolutely i think that's a very powerful story around um sam walton sam walton's choice in vehicles uh, i was um Recently, I went across, uh, across the road and had a chat with a young fellow and I didn't know who was in the car, but a uh, very flashy sports car and he ran his window down and I thought, gee, he's driving his mortgage. But that's another story. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's If we don't feel the need to impress with our dress in terms of, uh, look how wealthy they are or the sort of car we're driving, then we can get our money to work for us in other ways that are far more powerful. And, and you know that. You've seen the money work for you rather than you being restricted only to working
1: for money well and that's one of the things that i've gained from this program is just letting go of some of the need to you know impress i guess and really just do what do it for me and regardless of what other people think and i saw a news article uh like last week and i forget what state it was in the u.s some some guy died and he left the small town he lived in like all of his money it was like four million dollars no one knew he had this money he lived in a trailer park and uh he just donated it to the town he lived in wow. like,
0: absolutely this it's, it takes a lot of humility uh and, and self self-confidence self-belief to not have to compensate uh for or you compensate know, well, well johnny to uh, tom it um Eight years of, 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 from roughly when he commenced into the program, not including as I said, prior years of exposure. It's been a phenomenal journey. I, I do remember the time he started out, uh, and I'm very proud of what you've done. Um, I'm very impressed with what you've done. You're an incredible role model for others. You're one of our many coaches who come from an, another industry, uh, which also is, is impressive because we want to give people the opportunity to change career paths at any point of any point of their life that they're not locked into a, you know, the two generations ago, I've only one career for the whole, entire life. So there's you've done a lot of things which are serving others, not just um, helping yourself, which have been very impressive. And you know, perhaps by the next time we have this chat, you'll be a graduate. But um, that's just a that's just a scorecard. It's it's, it's about the journey, and you've certainly um, optimized your journey. You've enjoyed your journey, and um, you've been a great student, which is why the, you know, the journey has been successful. I think.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's it certainly embodies what Jim Rohn says about uh, setting goals for that have stretch you because of the person you're going to become in order to achieve them, and that is certainly the case here. So graduation is a big goal of mine, not because I'm done or anything like that, but I I know that all that I've had to, the work I've had to do on myself as the type of person I've had to become to achieve that will be. Uh, pretty big celebration for me but then there's more to go because even though I know I'm level nine and so forth uh as I was saying earlier I keep on realizing that there is just so much more I can I can pick up and get good at and um which is crazy and exciting at the same time uh so it's, it's a never-ending journey but I, I do want to check that box that's a, a big one for me and we're looking forward
0: to you being the, the graduate who, who gives back because that's what Mike Primitel was. Mike Primitel was our first student, our longest serving student, our first graduate. And Mike was phenomenal at giving back. And so we look forward to graduates who um, embrace the value that he he shared because someone's given, given us a, a hand to get where we are. And there's no reason why we can't return that. Uh, to others and help them on their journey so i know you'll be a a very good graduate in in that regard
1: yeah it's one of my values that uh you know you got to show gratitude for for what has contributed to your growth and give back you know give back so I, i i like to promote ksi for because of all that it's done for me i think that's like the least i can do yeah great to hear gratitude is an important uh,
0: quality we, we like to see in, in humans and you've been a great role model in that regard well appreciate I know it's getting late there in the city of Angels and um we'll let you get uh get your recovery but we speak on a weekly basis um, you know we, we, we get together multiple times a year and you're always there and you're always advancing so I appreciate your contribution to self-improvement because as I keep saying, it's you're doing more than helping yourself. You're providing an inspiration and a role model for for others. Because you, you know, life's not always a walk in the park. There's often challenges that require um, you know, adversity requires a determination. And as Napoleon Hill uh, spoke about the in every in every adversity lies the seed of opportunity. So if you're willing to push through that adversity, you find opportunities on the other side. And you've certainly uh, uh, exemplified that. So we appreciate your contribution to the program, Tom. Appreciate your time today to have a chat.
1: Thank you, Ian.